What happened is during COVID, while I was quarantined and stuck at home, I would call it my COVID bounty. I started writing. So what I didn't do in 20 years and rejections, in those two years, between 2020 to 2022, I became very brave. I mean, all of us did when we were confined in small spaces. I would mark my university essays and, you know, try not to poke my eye out from boredom and then go online and look for things to write. I started writing poems, fiction, nonfiction. And lo and behold, I had 50 pieces accepted all around the world. I was shocked. I, I, I was published in the International Human Rights Art Festival in New York. My poem is in a traveling exhibition in North Dakota for the International Human Rights Art Festival, North Dakota, Malaysia, Singapore, all over Canada, going to the moon. I don't know what happened, but I think what happened is when you live your passion, magic happens. And I think that's what the lesson from the universe was to me. Don't wait another 20 years, you will be dead. So I'm so glad I did. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living the Next Chapter. I have someone who sets off alarms everywhere she goes. Uh, a great author from a country I love because I live here too, but it's much better in Calgary. So hello, Kelly. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. I am looking forward to this chat that we're going to have. Oh, I am too. And there's so many things when we first met. We chatted about your your books and your things you're working on, um, how the news has picked up on you and shared your journey. There's so many good things to talk about. And maybe at the end, we can kind of chat about a little bit of where your book might end up in the solar Absolutely. system. That's just yeah. a little hook for people to stay to the end, because we're not going to tell you at the beginning. You got to stick around to the end for that yes. part, right? Hang out with us. You, Hang you out. join us on the trip. Can you please let everybody know who you are and where you are in the world? Let's get people caught up to you. Absolutely. I'm Kelly Kaur. I live in Calgary and I came from Singapore. So I am a wonderful immigrant with one foot in each country and happily stationed in the most beautiful place on the earth, Calgary with the Rocky Mountains. Oh, that's got to be gorgeous. Now, yes. I, I flew over them once. That's as far as I've been. I went to Vancouver for a day for a, a job I used to have. And I was only in Vancouver for 10 hours and then flew back to Toronto. I, I wanted to live there for the rest of my life, to be in the Western part of the world, being in Ontario for my whole life. It's just so gorgeous out there. It's so right. beautiful, right? right. Um, so Calgary is in between. Yeah, I know, right? Beautiful. Yeah. I would love to go there, but... You need millions of dollars. So probably still <laughs> kind of in the middle at the moment. You'll have to sell a couple more books, probably. Probably four. But, you, but yeah, but no, but, I, but I've everything I could see when I was flying over Calgary and Alberta yes. was just how gorgeous it is out there. Like it's just, it's picture perfect. 
It's so beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, you have a friend here now, so okay. make sure that you and the fam come and visit. We'll go to Banff. Okay, I'm going to get my keys right now. I'll be, I'll be there in a little bit. It'll take me a while. <laughs> okay, that's great. So you are an author, and you've had some interesting success with your book and your writing process. Can you tell us a little bit about how this all started for you? Why, yeah, why are you an author? The Vanna White Let's see, thing. You got it. Look at that. See? Yes. Perfect. Yes. This Letters is my first novel, Letters to Singapore. And I have to confess that I've wanted to write all my life and unfortunately did not do it for 20 years because rejection hurts. Mm. I had so many rejections when I sent out my poems, my stories. I didn't fit in Singapore. I didn't fit in Canada. I didn't know where my voice belonged. And frankly, it, it I gave up. It was too difficult to find a position and try to convince people that I was as amazing as I thought I was. So for 20 years, I did not write. And in 2019, I applied for a position or a, a spot on the Borderlines Writers Circle, organized by the Writers Guild of Alberta and Alexandra's Writers Center. And lo and behold, after the interview, I was selected. And it's interesting, I was selected. I only had two poems published, but I was in Toastmasters and I had made my way to the World International Toastmasters competition in 2017, one out of 100 speakers from around the world. And that's where I thought, in Toastmasters, I write nonfiction pieces. I am a writer, right? Maybe I can write an actual novel. So the transition was very interesting. And I managed to convince the panel, the selection committee, that I had something in my pocket. I didn't know what it was, but it worked. Wow. So there's a big, there's a big gap between writing a poem i'm i'm anticipating and writing a novel that's a that's a big gap there that's that's a that's a completely different process i would think to write in those different ways how 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 did you take that step from writing poems and and writing maybe a shorter form into a longer form novel what happened is during covid while I was quarantined and stuck at home, I would call it my COVID bounty. I started writing. So what I didn't do in 20 years and rejections, in those two years, between 2020 to 2022, I became very brave. I mean, all of us did when we were confined in small spaces. I would mark my university essays and you know, try not to poke my eye out from boredom and then go online and look for things to write. I started writing poems, fiction, nonfiction. And lo and behold, I had 50 pieces accepted all around the world. I, I was shocked. I, I, I was published in the International Human Rights Art Festival in New York. My poem is in a traveling exhibition in North Dakota for the International Human Rights Art Festival, North Dakota, Malaysia, Singapore, all over Canada, going to the moon. I don't know what happened, but I think what happened is when you live your passion, 
magic happens. And I think that's what the lesson from the universe was to me. Don't wait another 20 years. You will be dead. So I'm so glad I did. <laughs> and Kelly, had you had you stopped at that first, second, third, 20th rejection, had you had stopped, none of this would have happened, right? Correct. Correct. You just kept pushing through. You kept writing. You kept, even though there was a little bit of a gap, you just came back to it because there was something in you that you wanted to capture, that you wanted to write. I think we all want to write, to be published, to be successful, to be in the New York Times, to be the Harry Potter movie. But what if we just wanted to write because it was the right thing to do, because it felt powerful, and because those stories had to find a place. And even if one person read it, wouldn't that be the mission accomplished? Mm. And I think once I got into that mode of saying, right, write about women, write about race, write about stories that people have not heard about because you're from that culture and background and you have a voice to share. So once I got into the mode, the the rejections were, were still painful, but I just tossed them aside. I'm like, yeah, next, next, next. I think I made up to have 50 things published what I couldn't do in 20 years. I think that's redemption. And that redemption is something I want to share with people. Don't give up. Write. Sometimes it's being at the right place at the right time. Sometimes it's luck. But mostly it's just the joy that comes when you write what you want to do, whether it's poems, short stories, fiction. And the most important thing is to start. So if there's an author listening right now, Kelly, and they've had their first rejection letter or response, can you just expand on that just a little bit more and speak directly to that person listening that might be saying, Kelly, I don't, I don't know if I'm even going to continue. I got that letter and they, they don't, they're not interested in what I've written. Sharing my experiences, over 25 years ago, I wrote a collection of short stories off and about Singapore. And I sent it away and the publisher said, no, there's no interest in Singapore short stories. So I gave up and I put it away. Luckily, I didn't burn it because that was my first instinct. Mm. Now, 20 years later, I went back to that collection and I pulled out single stories. And I have to say, three of them got published. Three stories in three different journals. So I'm thinking, what was different 20 years ago and now? So the lesson that I learned is that just because one journal or place does not accept your writing, so what? Just send it to another one, send it to one at a time and see what happens. And if it's not meant to be, keep writing other pieces. And one of the pieces that I wrote that I wrote in 10 minutes because, you know, when you have 60,000 essays to mark as a university lecturer, I sometimes just go, right, right, right. And when I did, that one got nominated for a pushcart prize. And I sent it to a book collection anthology in the United Kingdom. So I thought I only had to stay in one place. So I've gone all over the world, Malaysia, Australia, Berlin. So keep sending it because 
different audiences want different things. And once you find the fit, life is sweet. Wow. Gee, that's very inspirational right there, right? Maybe an author just has limited their their community to what they think is going to be appropriate or who they're going to reach, and they haven't even thought outside of their own country. Right. So to, to go outside and, and to pursue that, that's that takes effort. It does, and it takes research, a lot of time. So if you can find a website that has all the journals looking for submissions or you can get in touch with your writer's guild or the library or a fellow writer. I just Google, I just put poetry submissions, July, 2022, and something pops up and I go, oh, okay. They're looking for something in New Zealand. They want a theme. It's about freedom. I think I'll write something or I may have something in my collection. So once I learned that trick, Mm-hmm. it became easier to start sending things off. Amazing. So let's talk about your novel. So proud of it. Hold that up again. We got to see it again. Like, yes. come on. It's, it's so neat. Baby. I love seeing an author holding their book. It just makes me so happy inside. So tell me a little bit about the book. What what are readers going to experience when they, when they buy your book and open it and read it? What are they going to find out? So I'll tell you the process first. What I couldn't do in 20 years, I wrote this in 100 days wow. because I was in the project. I had a mentor and she told me, send me 20 pages every two weeks. I had to write something. I didn't plan this. This was an accidental baby. Mm. I went to the interview and they asked me, what are you going to do? Now I teach literature sometimes in my university classes And I always look at, you know, the Stone Angel or the Great Gatsby, and we take things apart and we go, this is what the author was trying to do. When I tried to write the book, I thought I have no clue what (laughs) to do. I wrote the first letter and I thought, I love the ideas, idea of letters. I love eavesdropping, being a troublemaker. What, what was that? What's in that letter that my sister is reading and she's laughing or crying. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to eavesdrop, eardrop on people's letters. So once I wrote the first letter and the novel is about a young protagonist who comes from Singapore and goes to the University of Calgary in Calgary. And it is written between 1985 to 1988. She writes letters home to her mummy, her sister, her Chinese friend, Amy, and her South Indian friend, Anita. So the five women exchanged letters with Simran being the main person. They're all writing letters too. And in those exchanges, we hear about the secrets that these women have been keeping, harboring, and hoping for what we all hope for, love, life, success, liberty. And I really got into that idea of reading letters unfolding lives, and creating the connections that no matter where we are in the world, it is the concept of being an outsider. When you're an outsider, you want to fit. And how you try to fit is what these characters in the book try to do. Mm. And also important is the character Sim, who is 20 years old, when she comes to the University of Calgary, is an outsider, the immigrant. 
and she doesn't understand snow. She doesn't understand dating. She escaped from an arranged marriage. She doesn't understand how to negotiate life in the Western world. And all of us go through that, right? Imagine if you went to China or you went to Singapore. Mm-hmm. Don't hug someone. Take your shoes off. Small little things will make or break your experiences when you're an outsider and you try to fit in. Wow. That's amazing. So how has the response been to the book? I think you talked about a book signing that happened just this weekend in Vancouver. How how has the response been from from readers and from people interested in the book? We've been very lucky. The Stonehouse Publishing is a small publishing company in Edmonton, and they have four of us. So the four of us, Tony, Portico, Joanne, and I, have had launches in Edmonton, Calgary, Regina, and recently Vancouver. And post-COVID, we had over 60 people. And we all know that's a miracle. And it has just been fabulous. I I love the combination of different voices and people. And I think my story, I find very intriguing that when people read it and they come back to me, each one has a different take on it. They say, I like this scene, or why did she do that? Or, oh my goodness, this, this is a story. I know it's true. I know you made it up. And I've stopped arguing with anyone because <laughs> I believe in the reader response theory. Once I write the book and I give it to you, you read it. You take your life, your experiences, and your perceptions, and the story becomes what it is for you as well. And that interaction between author and reader is so intriguing and has so many layers and levels. And I guess as a lecturer in a university setting, dissecting books and understanding thoughts and arc and everything and trying to get the idea of the author, now there's the potential that someday a lecturer could be pulling up your book and in the, in the class, trying to figure out what you're trying to say and trying to, to speak for you. It's kind of a surreal thing that you go from looking at books and, and investigating them to being the author of one. Now that's a completely different flip to that. And how, how is being, being an author and becoming an author in this sense helped you in your lecturing? I think it's profound. It's powerful. It's exciting to be on both sides, Mm -hmm. to be a student of literature. That's what my degrees are in. And all those books I read that I had to write on and how they changed my life in different ways. And then to teach and go, well, you know, here is the great Gatsby Fitzgerald. Let's talk about class. Let's talk about love for Daisy and see what people say. And then now to write my book. And what I realized is when I wrote my book, I didn't say I'm going to write about race. I'm going to write about immigration. I'm going to write about women. I just told my stories. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to obviously be authentic. I wanted to tell the truth. I wanted to make these women come to life. And to have their voices heard. 
We've been invisible for so long. We meaning either the outsider, the immigrant, the women, the women from Singapore, the young student. It's so important to just have a little voice be heard and someone out there would say, hey, that happened to me, or I understand, or oh my goodness, I, I had the same experience in a different country. And that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing people in Australia saying, yes, I read your book, and I'm an immigrant to Australia. Or people saying, yes, I got married, and, and I recognize this. And people saying, yes, I went skiing, and you won't believe what happened to me. So on so many levels, the reader response and what people are saying to me are things that I can't, I couldn't even fathom or imagine. And I just love the feedback. So I just sit back and listen to them and see what they have to say. And I imagine that's what would happen in a classroom. So I'm going to put you on the spot, teacher. The class is in session. We are listening as students in this podcast. I'm listening as the host here on the podcast. You're the teacher. Right. I would love for you to respond to the idea that books are portable magic and that you can capture something in written form and that the written book is still important today. If you were teaching that in a classroom setting, why is why is writing a book important? Especially in the world of social media, WhatsApp, mm. texting, email. Language has lost so much of its beauty and flavor. And I think the book, the novel, and the stories are so important because it connects people. So in the class, I would ask you, I would say, who feels like an outsider? What country are you from? Do you feel Canadian? Do you feel American? What, what is it that makes you feel that way? Do you have stories as a mother, as a grandmother, as a sister you want to share? And I know for sure that every single person will say, I have a story. This happened to me. I, I went to a bar and nobody would dance with me. So from the smallest things to my mother was in an arranged marriage and it was amazing or it was terrible. So in the classroom and when people share their stories, we realize that the book is the place of humanity, of humanness, of human life. It is a place where we are all the same when we say we come from different countries, different cultures, but the joy of love is the same for anyone from anywhere in the world. The pain of death and grief is so similar as well. So that's what's captured in this wonderful book of stories from different people, from different places. And when we read a book and we delve into it, we delve into our own lives and experiences as well. And I think that's that's where the connection is so powerful. And that's why if you stop writing books, novels, short stories, it would be a sad, sad day. Wow. See, that is see, that's beautiful. That's I was anticipating we might go down that path with you. Um, but I love the passion that you have for the written word and 
it's it's a it's like a time capsule as well, right? When you can pick up a book written in the 1800s. Yes. And how they viewed life in the 1800s and in this country versus this country and some of the historical facts and and some of the learnings. You can see how as a humanity in different countries, how we've grown, how we've improved and how we've kind of not improved over time. And uh, I just love the idea that books, again, are portable magic and that you can take them anywhere with you and they capture something. That's it's beautiful. Absolutely. And and who remembers being a young one? I read Enid Blyton, all of them, and, and Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. And, and no matter where you are in the world, we've read similar books. And that becomes a human connection as well. Yeah, that's a bridge for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something exciting that's coming for you. And you've alluded to it at near the beginning of the podcast. And some people might not have caught it or went, wait, what? Uh, you mentioned something about um, a planetary expansion of your book. Your re- your writings is going to go somewhere. Can you can you kind of fill us in on what this is all about? Yes, I would love to share my joy, my my serendipity, my synchronicity of living my passion, hmm. and that is my poem yes. and my novel are going to the moon. Yes, to the moon. I didn't make that up. It's I love you to the moon and back, fly me to the moon. The Lunar Codex project was created by Dr. Samuel Peralta, who is from Toronto. He's a writer, he's a physicist, and he wanted to do something during the beginning of COVID. So he has curated and collected art, literature, music, film from over 100 countries and over 20,000 creatives. And he has three missions. So my poem is going up on the Nova Collection, December 22, 2022. Maybe I'll even go to Florida (laughs) on the Nova Sea Lander. And this book, this book, is going to be forever housed on the moon. On It's going up in the Polaris collection. It's the lunar South Pole in November, 2023. And it's going to share space with the Griffin Lander and the NASA Viper Rover. So he's sending all these beautiful pieces of art, dance, music, literature, so that it will remind people that there is beauty in art and literature, all those things that people don't pay attention in class and in school and money is taken away. That's the beauty during COVID and hard times that people still created. And one day someone is going to find those pieces. I, I, I know for sure. And they're going to read about our lives, our loves, our ups and downs, and they're just going to be blown away by the beauty of human humanity and human kindness and joy. Again, let's go back to what we talked about earlier. If you had given up after that first rejection, A, we would not be having this conversation because you might not have pursued writing. And B, your writings would not be heading 
to the moon. Right. So when you go out at night and it's a beautiful moonlit night and you look up in the sky and do you just think my writings are going to be up there? And I think you mentioned something that your children will always know and your family will always know that you're looking down on them for eternity as your books and your writings live on on another planet. That is surreal. It's amazing. Physically, the digital, what are they called? The nickel-shielded memory cards are going to be forever the moon. Symbolically, the moon is for impossible achievements. You know, look up to the moon. You can do it. Fly to the moon. And personally, it is such a joy to be included in one of these many artists who will be, who will have a voice, right? Mm -hmm. To be invisible, to be unheard, to be a woman, a woman of color, an immigrant person whose stories have, have, uh, have been rejected for so long. Now to have a permanent space in the moon is just the perfect way of saying to me, to myself, don't give up, Kelly, don't you dare. There's the moon, but there's also Pluto, Mars, and Uranus, and all the other planets that you can aim for. And that's what keeps me writing. If if I had given up, there would have been nothing for me to fall back on. Not not that that's important, but what's important is it was my passion. Mm -hmm. And to unleash it, is to create the magic that we've been talking about. So that's that's our theme today, right? It is the magical. Magic you, the magic that can happen and the magic that is simply you between the pages of a book. Mm, it's beautiful, Kelly. It's, just, it's great. So I heard a line in a song that said, don't tell me that the sky is the limit when there's footprints on the moon. Oh, I like that. Right? Now we can say, don't tell me the sky is the limit when Kelly's book and writings are on the moon. Exactly. That's even better. I like that even better. Yeah. And when you're feeling down and you want to give up, look up to the moon and say, Kelly says, don't give up. Keep on writing. (laughs) So for all the authors that are out there and you've had your rejection letter, right here is your inspiration. Kelly didn't give up. Kelly didn't stop. She continued. She pursued. And the universe and the moon has responded in such a great opportunity. This is so unique, Kelly. It is so unique. Um, I was really, really excited in in anticipation of speaking with you today because of the excitement of of what is to come for you and with your book and your journey. Thank you for writing, Kelly. Thank you for being a discipline to continue when others said don't do it or it's not good enough or it's not what we want you continued so thank you for inspiring us today and also important thank you for giving me a space and a platform to be heard to to share my stories and to say anything is possible i'd appreciate that and this is a wonderful moment for me as well well you're demonstrating it for us kelly um so excited. So yes, letters to Singapore 
You can hold that book up again. Let's that see. Is it there you go. There it is. So that's yeah. the book. Please, everyone, we're going to have links to it in the, in the podcast notes so that you can go and click the links and go purchase the book. Let's not just listen to a podcast, folks. Let's support our great authors, especially from Calgary, Alberta. Come on. Yay. Beautiful place, Calgary. So thank you so much, Kelly. Um, I always like to ask this near the end of the podcast, if possible, Kelly, with everything we talked about, maybe there's one more thing you'd like to share. What is your message to the world, the people listening to you right now that you'd like to share? I want to say that it is important to stay calm and keep on writing. And it doesn't matter whether you get published or not, but the act of writing is that journey that you should take. And I speak for myself that I'm taking and I'm writing a children's book about the first Sikh immigrant who came to Calgary. I'm writing a collection of short stories of people living in apartment buildings. I want to write a story about the collector of secrets. All this came from that book. So because I thought I didn't have the ideas, I proved myself wrong that once you write and just take whatever comes with it, things will open up. And if they don't, just keep on writing. So Mm. what? Write for yourself. Don't give up. You never know where that book's going to end up. Yes. You do not know. Do not, yes. Kelly, so, so great to have you with us again on the podcast. Please come back again. I will. I would love to hear the next adventure. And maybe once this your writings end up up there on the moon, let's let's get back together and celebrate because I think that's a huge milestone. And that would be wonderful. Congratulations on all your success. And for not saying and not giving in when people said no, you've inspired me today and you've inspired our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you. Fly me to the moon. Excellent. Yes. Everyone, please go buy the book. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate right. it. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. Jump over to livingthenextchapter.com, our website, and you will see a spot where you can leave a voice message. We'd love to hear your feedback. We're trying to make it as easy as possible to hear from you. So if you want your voice on this podcast, yes, that's possible. Go to livingthenextchapter.com click the little icon, little microphone icon, leave a voice message. We'll insert your message into the podcast. Tell us where you're listening from. Uh, Tell us your favorite guest. Maybe there's a guest we should have on the podcast. Maybe you should be our next guest. Leave us a message, livingthenextchapter.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast episode with one person. That's all we're asking. Meet you over there at livingthenextchapter.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Love to hear from you. Till the next episode. It's coming up right away. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thank you for being part of Living the Next Chapter. Thank you for supporting our guests. Have a great day.